Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kaiser, Bender, and Baum Retail Adventures Podcast. I am Baum in the Kaiser, Bender, and Baum, and with me as always are Rich Kaiser and Georgian Bender, consumer anthropologists, keynote speakers, and just all-around retail experts. Hey guys, welcome back. Hey, hey good morning. We're doing this, doing this on Zoom again, <laughs> right? I mean, We're everybody's social. living on Zoom. We're social distancing, right? Very, very distant. Today so, is Thursday, April 9th. And it's cold outside. And we have been social distancing since March 16th. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy how it's gone by, gone by quick, but also very, very slow, <laughs> I think. Um, it's Groundhog's I mean, Day. Is it really? <laughs> Again. <laughs> and every day, everybody's the same yeah. thing. I get out of yeah. bed. I, I hit my alarm clock. I get a cup of coffee. It would be really weird if Bill Murray was next to you, but <laughs> I'm going to edit that it's out. It's probably Hold in on. Chicago. You never know. <laughs> Boss. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, it's Groundhog Day again. Here we are again. We're, we're doing the podcast. Not much has really changed. I mean, the disease itself has, you know, that, that continues to, to do what it's doing across the country. Um, you know, in, in this area, in New England, in the um, northeast of the country, you know, it's, you know, going, going crazy. But, um, but not much has really changed in the terms of, of what it means for your retail store. Um, you know, we remain closed. Uh, the, the country is closed for business at the moment, um, brick and mortar wise, but you know, it's wide open um, online. I think I've been seeing a lot of great things coming in online, had a really good conversation with uh, a few suppliers actually that are doing some great things for retailers that we could talk about later. Um, but, you know, just, just to, from an over, overarching uh, look at things, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci did say, you know, we're starting to see some glimmers of hope across the country with, with the social distancing that we're uh, kind of, of laughing about, but at the same time, it's saving lives. Yeah. Um, you know, here it is, we are flattening the curve. They are, are reporting in New Jersey and New York. We're doing a really good job. So that's great to hear. Um, and I think across the country, they, they modeled that there are going to be, um, less lives impacted, um, uh, you know, from a sheer death toll. I mean, I hate saying it that way, but I mean, that is the truth. Um, so those are all, all good things. And, um, but with that, you know, um, you know, we're some, we're seeing some weird things going on <laughs> across the country in the re retail landscape. Um, we are. We're seeing some weird things happen around here too. You guys, you can't see this, but Rich is wearing his his baseball cap on sideways, and he's doing his very best to look like a gangster rapper. It's not working. Jason has the Manhattan skyline behind him, and I am wearing my Gryffindor house robe from Universal Orlando. So, what a you know, what are you gonna do? Gotta keep it interesting. Gotta keep it interesting. And update information. I read this morning that, um, well, first of all, I started. About two weeks ago, I started watching on YouTube Richard Simpson's Dancing to the Oldies. And I read this morning that thousands and thousands of people are doing that now. They've rediscovered him because aerobics lower the levels of depression and hostility, which is probably a good thing. We should film that. That's really sweating for the oldies. What, Rich? It's something to do while you're in the house. I mean, people are you know, trying to figure out what to do, right? 
right. You know, otherwise you just walk from room to room going, hey, I'd really like to change this. Oh, I can't. I don't oh, think wait. I've ever stopped watching Richard Simmons. <laughs> okay, you know what, you guys? <laughs> you made it to, weird. That has to be a t-shirt because <laughs> you just went weird, Kaiser. <laughs> That's, you know, if anything gets picked up by the news media, it's going to be Kissery Rich Kaiser. I never stopped watching Richard Simmons. Good for you. All right, back to retail. Shaking the cobwebs and getting ready. Okay, I'm ready. Back to, back to retail. You know, it was really interesting. Um, in the news yesterday was the fact that the app stores have canceled all their summer and fall shipments. What do you guys think of that? It's a bold move. It's a bold move, and I can understand early spring – uh, boy, it's going to be a short season, and then it's flowing right right into summer. Uh, you know what? Uh, there's a mil- I, I guess a million reasons why they did it, but you know, give me a reason to go into the store if you're out of spring and you're out of summer, and it's the middle of June. Give me a reason to do something. Yeah. I mean, in a way, though, I mean, I understand it. I mean, you know, right now there's so much uncertainty. Um, George Han forwarded me an article, I mean, uh, about the Horizon CEO talking about how this year is going to be a wash. I mean, who's, if you have no income coming in, um, you know, the numbers that were reported, they just released the numbers this morning uh, on unemployment, and it was another um, 6.6 million. So it's like you brought it up to somewhere around 14 million people on unemployment. They say it's going to be around 14 and a half, 15 and a half. Bank of America said by the time this thing is all done. And that's a guess, obviously, but um, an educated one from them, uh, up from 4.4% in March. So if there's no income coming in, who's spending right now? Um, you know, that's that's a, obviously a fear I would think that Gap has. And when your margins are, are what they are with Gap, when you have that much to potentially lose, and you have a supply yeah. chain that's been impacted from Asia, and you have... Um, you know, people that have to social distance in the warehouse, you have to have less people on the floor. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that go into that. And they're probably just saying, we got to save money. Well, there there could be worry about the fact that we're going to cancel these goods, because we don't think we're going to get these goods. But if we don't cancel them, then that money is, you know, literally in another cookie jar that we should be able to take it out and bring it to somebody else. They might find alternate sources. And also, they might find that the same things that they cancel in the marketplace will come back to them closer to the real head of the season at a reduced price because the wholesalers are going to say, we've got to get rid of this. What do we do? Or, you know, do we just give it away? So there's a lot of things going on there. But I do say this, that if I had a a big gap store down the street and I was into ladies sportswear, my thought process would be, how do we take advantage of that? This is a market that's like a battlefield now. It's going to be tough getting back into it. So you've got to shine like crazy to your consumers' hunger after they haven't had any stores. You've got to shine like crazy to get them to say, you're the place, obviously, because you've got what I'm looking for or the dreams that I think about. So I really think it was a very interesting headline this morning. Do you think this is a timeline thing? Is this because we just don't have it? We, we are human, uh, human nature, I think, is we like to know when things are going to happen, when they're going to happen. And I think the fact that there is no timeline for that, for this right now, is this, you know, made, is this more of like, uh, is that playing into it? It's, I think it is. It is for me personally. It's so uncertain. I, you know, I, I'm a shopper and I don't necessarily shop online. I buy basics online, but I, 
I go in stores. That's what I like to do. I also will watch QVC on Monday nights because they do a whole fashion night. I, I can't watch it because I know that I can't buy anything on there. I mean, I could, but I'm being smart and allocating my money on things that, you know, that I might need, might really need instead of, hey, there's a top I can't wear anywhere for at least 90 days. So, you know, I, it's, a lot of it has to do with the consumer as well. It's an entertainment industry. Well, it, retailing today is an entertainment industry. They get you in, they give you dreams, they create the dreams. You buy some, some you don't, but it's all entertainment. If it's boring, you're not going into a store. Think about it. But Rich, to your point right. about, uh, <laughs> hey, silence all phones, please. <laughs> you know, Broadway just, can, Broadway's canceled through June now. So, I mean, Gap isn't the only ones who are, uh, who are doing <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, think, I think everything is, any kind of entertainment trade show, everything is canceled at least through June. So At, le at least. So, but that goes back to what Rich was saying about competition. Who's your competition? Nobody's, everybody has the same, everybody is, it's, it's a neutral battlefield. I think right. that, you know, we're all in the same boat here. So do a little bit more. You know what? We saw a store. We saw a picture of a store. Now, every, all the stores are closed on the street. This lady has a bouquet of balloons that's, George, what? 10 feet wide and 10 feet tall? I mean, it looks yeah, she's in a, she's, she's Just obviously in a city. Well, she what the heck is that doing? You know what it's doing? It's creating excitement. That's what it's about, entertainment. She just wants to stand out. You can't stand out in an empty store or last year's fashions. But you also can't go in that store to buy anything. So no, she you can't, can't but you see it all the time. She has a gate over her window so you can't see in. So that was a brilliant move to let people know that she has a store and she'll open up someday. You know, there's also a lot of conversation this week about retailers that were in trouble before we even um, heard about coronavirus. And some of the, the strategists are saying that JCPenney, Sears, Neiman Marcus, and J. Crew could collapse from the coronavirus recession. So I, I hope to God that's not the case. I mean, these are retailers that are important that we've all grown up with that um, I hope that they can they can weather this recession so that we can recession so that we can see them again when this is all over, and I and I also hope that re, that consumers will support retailers who have been through the ringer. Once we reopen stores, you know one of the biggest things, George, that you and I you and I were talking about this yesterday. One of the biggest things that's happening is retailers stay alive during this time of closed doors by communicating aggressively with all of their shoppers through, uh, you know, social medias. And, and if you're not doing that, you're asking for a great hill that to climb up to get back into business when this thing is over. So, right. uh, you know, it's, it's like George and I have been saying, you're never closed. Now, there might not be anybody allowing anybody to come into a store, but you better be working on the store's message going outbound to all those customers or they'll forget it, forget about you. Top of the mind, man. You need to be top of the mind all the time. So, you know, we know that retailers are going through hell and, but let's talk about consumers too. We know that they're fragile. We know that how we connect with them, Rich, you were just talking about that a second ago, how we connect with them is going to determine what happens when the pandemic is passed. That right now, um, all you can really do is let, is let the consumer know that your business is here to serve. We'll do anything we can to help you get through this where you know, we're engaging any way we can. Um, 
50% off doesn't mean anything to anybody when you're conserving cash. So maybe right now you run an ad like that, customers will buy and maybe they won't. But retailers right now have to lay the groundwork to connect with customers so they remember them when it's over. I think that's the biggest job we have. Yeah, with, and knowing the responsibility is that if we don't, we don't even then create opportunities to bring all our staff back. I mean, you know, we've got, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's a great weight put on a, a retail management owner or whatever to make sure they're the best so they can help all the people, customers and their employees that come back to them as well. Uh, yeah. I, I got a kick out of it, but one of the guys said to me, I get a call every other day at least from UPS, and they say, we got three boxes. What do you want us to do with them? Because the store's locked up. He says, I go shooting down to the store, and I open the doors. I don't want them to take them back. I want to see what I've got. Then I take pictures of what I've got, and that's in my social media. I am always impacting my customers with what's coming through the back door. Brilliant. Let's, let's talk about it social media for a second not in regards to how to do that we talked about that on previous um, podcasts and on our retail adventures webinars that come out every week um i was i went to the grocery store this week i i hadn't been out of my house in probably 15 days and i just wanted to go so i made a mask and i made the plastic thing to go over my face and i got completely bundled up and i had rubber gloves on and i went to the grocery store and I, you know, people have been posting on, on social media, particularly in local groups, about what they're seeing in grocery stores. And I gotta tell you what, social distancing isn't going well. We talk about we're all in this together, but in this particular store I was in, probably 40% of the people shopping there had no masks on, had no protection. The carts weren't cleaned before we were given them and there weren't any wipes to wipe the carts down. None of the, not, I shouldn't say none, a handful of the people who worked in the store didn't have masks on. You know, if we're going to do this, we have to do it right. And not everybody is doing that. I think, they, I think it's time now, Kevin Coop talked about this yesterday on his morning news beat, the day before yesterday, but he had a call for all grocery stores to require every single person who works in their stores wear masks. The mayor of uh, LA, said that yesterday you go outside you better wear a mask and we're just not seeing it happen and why aren't why aren't at least all grocery store workers wearing masks well, i could tell you here in uh in new jersey and in new york and in new jersey yesterday the governor issued an executive order that all grocery stores all um, gr um pharmacies anyone who is essential that is open that is dealing with direct consumers um they have to um be at 50 percent occupancy they have to be um, behind a barrier. They have to have a mask or some type of PPE. Um, obviously that stuff is hard to come by, um, but those were the first real executive off, uh, orders that were issued and, uh, and one-way aisles also, I believe. Um, yep. I don't know if that was part of the executive order or if that's just what's happening here, but, um, but it's really bad here. <laughs> New York and New Jersey, um, I think combined have more deaths than the entire United States. <laughs> so I think when it gets to that point in other places, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah, stay inside. You know, some of the things that retailers are doing to enforce social distancing are the things you just talked about, Jason. I know <clears throat> Walmart lets in 
10 customers, and I don't know if I have this right, 10 customers for every thousand square feet. Um, a lot of stores are letting customers in one and two at a time. You cannot bring your children. Why would you bring your children anyway? But you cannot bring your children. It's not a family outing. It's, you know, one person per cart. Like you said, Jason, traffic going in one direction. They're putting stickers on the floor, boxes with, you know, duct tape so that you distance yourself. But people aren't necessarily paying attention to that. And of course, sneeze guards for the cashiers. They're also saying that if the store has a self-checkout, it's better to do that. Yeah, no interaction with people. Makes sense. I mean, the one thing that I think they do have to, um, with they at all, I don't know, Sam's Club, Costco, I've seen it at all of these, like the um, wholesale clubs, they are limiting how many people in, and they were doing a great job um, here locally. They were only allowing, uh, and I think it was like 50 people into Costco at a time, which is crazy. I would love to go to Costco with only 50 people there. Gosh, here, I mean, good luck. Um, but but then the line outside, I mean, goes on for miles and everybody's on top of each other. So it's like, well, you're completely missing the point here. Yeah, that's like the lines for people. Do you see the lines for people voting in Wisconsin? Voting. Oh, kills me. They're holding up a sign. You're killing us. Yeah, you're holding yeah. up a sign saying you're killing us. Meanwhile, they're on top of the next person in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank heavens for Instacart. And the people who are doing grocery delivery, I, I got a delivery yesterday for Easter. I realized I had nothing to put in my grandson's Easter basket. And I happened to get an email from CVS. I immediately went online and ordered everything and they delivered it within an hour, which was, wow. you know, they're, they're, they're heroes. They, they truly are. Yeah. You and can, you won the lottery getting an Instacart. <laughs> well, you can still do it here. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy groceries now uh, from Panera. Oh really? Yeah. Deliver? Yeah. What's What's happening is Panera Bread now sells groceries via Grubhub. They're only selling the essentials. They're selling milk and yogurt and fresh produce. But over a hundred restaurants in Tampa, Florida, and the Tampa area, their restaurants are selling things. They're doing toiletries and cleaning supplies, which makes sense because. Um, and there was a piece the other day on Good Morning America about that, about people going to restaurant supply houses yeah. to buy toilet paper and other supplies because the, supp the restaurant supply houses have them where retailers don't. They showed Becky Worley, she'd gone on assignment to one of these, these wholesalers and she had a boatload of toilet paper and she just walked through her neighborhood and people were coming out and she was throwing them, throwing them you know, bags and rolls of toilet paper. So I think that's brilliant. And I think that's showing how retailers are pivoting and, and how they're pivoting is important. Yesterday, Zappos announced new delivery and, and they, they announced a bunch of other things. But the thing that they, that really got Rich and I was their customer service for anything. Now, let me, let me tell you what that means. I'm going to read it. The Zappos customer service team will now offer help to customers with anything. That includes which, which local re, uh, restaurants stock at your local grocery store and what apps can help with social isolation. Customers can also call if you want someone to talk to, a kind voice. You can talk about anything, the weather, the latest Netflix show, your dream vacations for when this is over, anything. And, and Rick and I, and Jason, I'm sure you'll agree with us, those people, I, you know, 
you can tell me what's in stock somewhere, but those people aren't trained for, for consumers who have been shut in for weeks and weeks and weeks who might have mental issues or are suicidal or, you know, they're not psychiatrists and they're not trained. What a, what a place to put your, what a place to put your employees in. There's controversial, Rich. What do you think? Well, you know what? That, that question deserves a question. How good has Apple's been at customer service in what they do? Really good. Have they ever failed? 1%? Different world. It's a different 3%. world now. Huh? It's a different world now. I think it's a, the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. It won't be utilized like a lot of people think it's going to be like a crush of people going to them. But those people that go that have questions or concerns, they're going to get them answered. It'll work. It's brilliant. I think it's smart because what we keep telling yeah. all the retailers is be local, be in your community, be present. Like that's what people are looking for right now. And I think that's, we're talking to like your independence, but it's really interesting to see a big box like a Zappos trying to do something like that um, by offering a lifeline to people. I agree with you there with you, George. I, I don't think they're really, they're not prepared for the, the, the suicidal quarter caller who comes in at 2 a.m. I think that's a scary, that's a scary thing if I'm on the customer service front lines to have to deal with and I'm not really prepared for it. I'm sure they have some type of protocol that's in place if they do get something like that. I, I would think. I would think. I hope so. Absolutely. Just just as a as an oh go ahead, Rich. No, I was saying to Jason, absolutely. I know they'll have some kind of protocol. They're not crazy. They're good. Just as an aside, how long do you think the longest customer phone call with a Zappos employee was? Take a guess. Jason? Four minutes. Uh, I work in customer service, so I would say in the maybe an hour and a half. Rich? I say four minutes. Yeah, over 10 hours. Oh my gosh. How many calls? Wow. How many calls? One call, one customer, one customer service rep over 10 hours. Hope that person bought that customer service rep a car or something afterwards. You know what I'd like? I'd like that person to go out and tell the world, I called them and they spent 10 hours with me on the phone. What? They Who would admit to that? They Wait, that cared. wasn't on hold, was it? They, no. <laughs> they cared that much about me. The Who would admit to that? I was going right, to say, I spent 10 hours on the phone with my cable company. I don't know if... Uh... Yeah. And, and then they answered. And then they answered. Yeah, and then they answered. Use up all your minutes. All right, let's talk about how else retailers are engaging customers. Delta announced that through May 31st, they will not allow people to sit in the middle seat. <laughs> Hooray! Who's flying? <laughs> yeah, or or the or the aisle or the window <laughs> or the window. <laughs> you know, Rich and I, Rich and I travel on on Southwest Airlines, and we have this thing called the Barf Bag World Tour. Oh, and <laughs> we sit. Rich sits in the in the window. I sit in the aisle. I grab the barf bag and I just open it and I stare at it. And if it looks like somebody's, you know, taking a look at the middle seat in between us, I start coughing. You know, before the flights were 100% full, I had a really good track record, didn't I, Rich? Remember that one time there was a CEO of a company on there sitting behind me, and as soon as they closed the door and they announced all the seats were taken, 
I whipped out a package of Rolos and started eating them. And he tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, I thought you were sick. Now you're eating candy. I said, no, I just didn't want you sitting next to me. He goes, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life and hands me two packs of drink tickets. But now... You are now just become one of the hated few that people want this, don't want the center seat. Yeah, well, they can use that. But now they don't have to worry about it. They can just fly Delta and there won't be anybody sitting next to them anyway. There's been lots of movement in the craft industry on people putting together kits. And we're seeing, um, obviously, to up your average sale and to encourage add-on sales, but now we're seeing other industries do the same thing. We've seen hardware stores do it. We've seen um, Ulta do it. We've seen Sephora do it. Um, it just makes more sense. And we're also seeing more conversation online. We, we um, monitor emails from a variety of companies. We're also seeing more on subscription boxes, which is a good way to, to grow your business. But it's huge in crafts, isn't it, Jason? I mean, that's been going on for, for a long time. And even in the toy industry, um, you know, everybody has a craft kit. Everybody has a DIY type thing. I mean, uh, in the toy industry, they call it open play. It also be what you used to call pretend um, or something like that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, we're doing one here today, actually, with my two and a half year old, we're doing like a, an Easter uh, egg uh, kit, um, craft kit. So yeah, those things have been around for, for a long time in the craft industry. But now I think everywhere else, you're starting to see more and more. You know what, actually, um, before, before we go, it, the restaurant industry, too, has been doing those. Um, our nice. local pizza parlor is doing a build-your-own pizza kit and sending those around. Our, uh, our local grocery store is um, independently owned, and they're partnering with different restaurants uh, a couple of days a week. But there have been kits around forever. I absolutely agree with you. But we're seeing retailers now making their own. So they're going out and they're finding maybe a blouse and accessories, some earrings, um, a necklace, putting them together. They're seeing, um, we're seeing in the craft area, not necessarily kits that are coming from the manufacturers, but the retailers themselves are putting them together and then doing a Facebook Live or a YouTube video to sell those goods. So retailers are pretty resilient. I mean, it's smart to get the stuff off your shelves, right? Pivot, pivot, pivot. I love this one. Marie Jane's Cannabis Connection in Corvallis, Oregon started selling pizza. So, you know, you get your pot, you get your pizza, you got the munchies, but she didn't, she's not selling cheap pizza. She um, partnered with a local chef at one of the top rated restaurants and he created um, phenomenal pizzas just for her cannabis store. So now you can order pot with your pizza or pizza with your pot. I don't think anybody else in the country is doing it. That's brilliant. <laughs> Where is she located? Yeah. Corvallis, Oregon. Brilliant. So as we wrap this up, you know, I, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier. Despite what some of our colleagues think about online retailing is going to take over, I think the three of us agree that consumers are going to still want to go back to stores. If they have it's the social, It's social. We want to touch and feel the merchandise. And shopping is an experience. There you go. Everything is about being in stock, showing excitement, having people to recommend, help, you know, discover or whatever the case might be. And having a sales floor that literally sells 
to the customer before anybody has to even say hello to them, really. Right. Customers, when they come back, when they come back into stores, I think they're going to have higher expectations than ever before. They've been away for a while. They have been ordering online where customer service is usually pretty good. They're going to expect more from the retailer. They're going to expect more from the people who work in the stores, which means retailers right now need to be thinking about how they can eliminate the pain points, the things that make it hard to shop in your store, the hoops that a customer has to jump through, return policies, how the store is set up, how your people are trained. They need to think about that now and fix them, get them in place before the store reopens. And I think the question that all retailers need to be asking themselves right now is, what can I do to get rid of friction? And what can I do right now to make the shopping experience in my store easier? Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And there's always going to be a place for online retail. That's not, you know, that's not what we're saying at all. Right. Uh, you know, I think that online retail, I mean, if you don't, if you're not set up online already, you're certainly feeling it more than those who are already kind of prepared and already online. Um, but to your point about like making the experience easier, what are what, what do we get when we're online? You get to filter by choice, you get to search, you get to do all those things that maybe going into um, a brick and mortar you don't get to do. Maybe that's part of the fun and the excitement is is searching for yourself. I myself, when I like to go when I go shopping, I like to just know what I'm going for, find it and and get it. So for me, you know, being able to have some type of search is, is always a little bit better. I, I know that's not how everybody guy. shops. Yeah. That's I know. how guys that's how guys shop. You shop so, like you drive. But so make it a, make it for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, online, online shopping for me is before the coronavirus was things that are convenient, that are easy, that I don't necessarily need to go into a store to buy. But when it comes to apparel and, and health items and beauty things and things for my pets, I want to go into a store. You know, I think the, the objective for all retail that have been closed is to become dream makers. And dream makers are cash takers. And what I mean by that is I, I, I would hope that every retailer that can get into their store, and I hope they're doing it just to make sure there's not a water leak or the lights are not working or whatever. I, I would think that they would be walking through that store right now and saying, how do I make a dream? How should we show this and where should we show it? and what should be changed and what is the plan. Uh, that's what being a retailer is about. And so I think that if we get in there and we have new signage that's, that use words like what we always say, George, and we're speaking, using words like imagine. Um, imagine, you know, the afternoon at the beach with this, you know, da, da, da. people do, people do. So it's not just making the people work, it's making the store product and presentation work. Right. Green makers, are cash takers and give and them make, a drink you'll collect yeah making that experience that they're getting online though right now i think you make a really good point because we don't know how long it's going to be and how used right. to the online shopping experience people are going to get so right. like one of the things that i love about online shopping i get to read about all the reviews on a product and really research before i buy it right yeah. and that's you know something i don't care that, about that I know a lot of people that do it that way. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's Although just... I do, I do research the heck and read reviews out of hotels before I book them. So Rich, you just said dream makers are cash takers. And that's another t-shirt bumper sticker slogan from Rich Kaiser today. 
But it's not going to take away from the fact that earlier you said, I never stopped watching Richard Simmons. <laughs> Bring it home, Jason. <laughs> wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> thanks again for joining us on the Kaiser Bender and Baum podcast. We'll be doing these every week. Uh, Rich will be watching Richard Simmons every day. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on the Kaiser and Bender Retail Adventures website. What is that website, guys? Retailadventuresblog.com, but also on iTunes, right? Yes, also on iTunes. We're going to be on Spotify, I found out. So we're, we're just, we're taking over. We are, we are taking over. So thanks again for joining us. Go on iTunes, subscribe, Kaiser, Bender, and Baum Retail Adventures Podcast. We'll see you again next week. <laughs>